0: Ding, 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 and welcome to Men in the Ring, and I'm joined out of Northern Africa by a former professional boxer and kickboxer, now current mental health clinician, my good friend Matt. Matt and I both have 10 plus years in the mental health field, and we do a podcast to stay connected as friends and to learn from each other. We want you to get in the ring with us. How's it going, Matt? It's going well. How are you doing, Sean? Oh, not so bad. That's a not so bad.
1: Did you catch the game this weekend? <laughs> yeah,
0: that was fun. Yeah. I, did, I didn't particularly have a dog I was um, rooting for, so um, it was just fun to enjoy the game. Yeah. Were you pulling for a team? Yeah, I was uh, cheering on the Chiefs because yeah. – uh,
1: the friend I ended up staying up and watching the game. So i watched it from like one o'clock to four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but, uh, um, now I've got a friend here that's from Kansas city. And so I didn't want to be the guy that was cheering for the Eagles. <laughs> you know, like, nice. so yeah, I was, and I didn't really care, but I was interested in watching the game. And, All right.
0: And, uh, ball fortune for someone so it was, it was fun just to be excited for them yeah i guess i probably was going for the chiefs a little more um so like a subconscious bias but um yeah it was it was a good game i mean the, the field conditions the turf was a little weird how people couldn't like get a footing that was strange i think I changed yeah. some of the game dynamics yeah for sure yeah. um I heard some that's some smart people say that they contribute to a high scoring game because defensive line and you know secondary were less effective, which is probably true. Yeah. Unless they're holding defensively and then <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's uh it's a hot button call there. Yeah. Uh oh. What was your take on it? Um,
1: like, everybody's, like, looking at the second pull, and I'd say, okay, but that first pull's is pretty, pretty solid pull.
0: Like, <laughs> Jersey's coming out pretty far, you know. Yeah, that's that's where you do not allow the separation to occur, you know. Yeah, and so, like, the first
1: tug was definitely looked like it um i was more like blown like at that point i didn't really care cuz that catch and fumble which it certainly looked like a catch and fumble to me uh uh-huh. like once they like <laughs> like that seemed like a catch and fumble to me it seemed uh-huh. like a
0: way bigger screw up than the holding there oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. i've heard people say that as well yeah to me as a receiver um that's definitely an incomplete pass in my opinion um if you're going by alpha just off a real time if you slow it down with uh you know instant replay and slow it down then it looks different but um so, yeah, I guess it's kind of a judgment call really, right? Yeah, like
1: and they let it ride on the on the field, which I was happy that they let it ride on the field cuz and I think he starts to turn and he clearly has a hold of the ball. And what's like frustrating is that's not a catch, right? But then Goddard's catch on the sidelines
0: a catch. Like <laughs> what? The hell? Well, God, well Goddard did maintain <laughs> possession Goddard did maintain possession through the contact with the ground and you know as ie tackle or whatever but I yeah, know that's that's definitely uh, I've heard people talk about that. It's definitely tricky that's tricky
1: uh, like well, that to Me, that one where he f- it's a fumble and then they return it like to me, like that was that's a catch, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he has it and he's starting to turn and then he gets smashed, which is a ph- like, phenomenal.
0: I love that hit, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, like I like if that's not catching it, and yeah, like there was no bobble, there was no transition, there was it was. Hit hands hold like and he only got
0: a little bit into the rotation. Right. It's hit, but like Well, my for my lifetime it, being a football fan without super slow mo that's always been an incomplete pass. Now maybe it shouldn't be, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I thought that like when it was originally played, I was like, that's probably gonna be a Incomplete pass. They let yeah. it run, and I was like, "Nice." And they're like, "Well, we're gonna challenge
0: it." And I was like, "Well, fuck me!" I'm like, "Whoops." <laughs> well, it's um, hard. To, yeah, it's hard to. It's hard to justify saying there's conclusive evidence to overturn. That's what they need at that point, right?
1: It, well, they had it, so they overturned it.
0: Because on the field, they let it ride, right? Yeah, so they let it play out. They let it play out. So now, by the letter of the rule, there should be conclusive evidence for it to be incomplete pass. So that's hard to justify that being conclusive. I don't
1: know. So that to me, that seems like a catch. I yeah.
0: don't you know. well it's not a catch. <laughs> I'm so programmed. Uh, uh, you know, like from back in playing days to like just let bad calls ride and and like knowing that's just part of the game that I don't even part of me doesn't even care really, you know? It's like yeah. there's gonna be four bad calls in this game, baseball too. Um mm. that's just what we gotta do. We gotta wheat all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like But um yeah. it is it is hard when you think that the interpretation of the rules wrong. That is frustrating for sure.
1: No, well, so then when you get to that holding call at the end, like, I don't care. Like, yeah, it might have been a little, could have he caught that ball either way? Like, mm-hmm. probably not, you know. So, but at that point, like, I was like, really he <laughs> took some points off the board vote for him. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, now you want me to feel bad that. We got right. five yards on first down. Yep, it ends right. the game, but then they get the timing of it. But
0: yeah,
1: by the letter, like, yep, that's holding too. So give them their five yards.
0: Well, earlier in the game, uh, this the, almost the exact same play occurred um, with the same two players, and they let that contact go. So you yeah. would assume it's set, setting kind of a precedent of how they're going to let them play. So the timing of that. Blade call being such a deciding thing was definitely could I think you could pretty easily argue that it shouldn't have been called although the guy was interviewed after the game, the defender, and said, Yeah, I held him. I was just hoping I could get away with it. Yeah. Uh, but
1: so but um cool thing that I sent to see in a text, like it's cool watching a team that's resilient. You know, Absolutely. Like something bad happens and you didn't just fold your cards like Packers get a bad call or something like they fold their cards for the next quarter and a half and, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're still in the game quarter and a half later. Like, oh, we can get over this. Something just, you know, where they get a bad call and they're just done. It's like,
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> Building that culture of resiliency is um it obviously starts with coaching, but it's more than just that. It's team leaders and stuff too, you know.
1: Yeah. Definitely like, a buy-in. This year, I think you saw it with the Packers, like it took over for like four or five games in the middle of the year. It was like oh. yeah, it's you think it about, I,
0: I, I didn't get that read, but I, I, I definitely you think they were not like once they got back
1: from London like mm-hmm. they went on that five game losing streak. Like, that's a great point,
0: yeah. Because you're just barely losing those games, right? Yeah, it was like, we're just
1: losing. like they were getting blown out, you know. But man, like. So it was, yeah, it was cool watching a team that was resilient they had special teams and uh, I forget what the last thing I put it oh and can make adjustments while coaching <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah I mean coaching adjustments requires a certain element of humility you know yeah I've been thinking about this a
1: little bit on why like some of these younger coaches just don't make adjustments like or not don't, but then looking at like Belichick or Andy Reed, like they've been doing it so long. Like they're drawing off 30 years of co- head coaching experience. Like, right. right. you know, like that's the adjustment they made. This is the adjustment we should make. Right. It's second nature. Where you've got Matt Lindfleur, who's been in the league eight years, five of them, or you know what I mean? Probably more yeah. than that. Yeah. He's been a head coach. Like, he literally just doesn't have the depth of experience of this is what, you know what I mean? We got a counter, we got a counter now type of thing. Yeah. Like, what counter should we make? Give me yeah. a week in the and let me study the film for a week and think about it and come up with the right answer. I can do that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so you and, put that floor room game plan for a week. They're going to dominate that first half. That second half, they get dominated because other team made an adjustment and then you have you, to counter the counter, you know, exactly. exactly yes. there's no film on the counter. So, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Right. You know, where I Andy w- Reed's got 30 years of a week long prep. And then, well,
0: there's the adjustment you make to that adjustment. Right. It's just what you I, get. I think, uh, multiple offensive, like Eric B um, is Um, it's, uh, one of the O coordinators or the O coordinator, I think for chiefs. Um, and yeah. he's pretty, he's, um, had a lot of success. Um so between him and Andy Reid, you know, a lot of, and I think that's where um like I think Hackett and um LaFleur Hackett leaving to go to Denver uh this last year. I think that was an underrated missing element for them this mm-hmm. past year. Um and Hackett clearly um not head coaching material fine but he's still probably a really good coordinator it's a much different skill set i believe i forget who said it i I, I think lombardi michael lombardi has talked about this on radio or yeah radio show saying like the skill set to for being a ceo and then being an excellent play caller or offensive minded you know um coordinator is just way 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 different the fact, you know, you have a couple Kyle Shanahan's and or like um, Sean McVeigh's that can do both. It's super rare. So to think that any play caller can be a, a natural CEO leader of men, um, you know, as a whole, um, that's probably just not, you know, not going to happen. Like so Hackett probably pretty good offensive coordinator, not a great, you know, large scale leader. Yeah. Um, And then say, I think Mike, I think McDaniels for um, the same boat. Um, Who's coaching the Raiders came from um, New England. Their dominance in New England with him at the old coordinator position is f- historic, you know, but I yeah. think that's, that's probably the best role for him, you know, yeah yes, yeah, so I well I think I think we we're talking about making adjustments. I think that the team of offensive coordination I think has helped helps make adjustments personally, not just you know one guy. it's a lot going on out there. Um, Yeah, I like Jalen Hurts. I thought he played really well. Um, Yeah, yeah, Andy Reid, I think, did out-coach Nick Sirianni and his staff, which is not a huge surprise, necessarily. Andy Reid is one of the biggest geniuses in the league. I actually do like Nick Sirianni, and I like his energy and his approaches. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Philly's been hating on their own defensive coordinator almost all year, and he definitely got out-coached the second half. And then then now he just got hired as, uh, I believe, the Cardinals head coach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Cardinals
1: hired their defensive coordinator. The Colts hired their offensive coordinator.
0: Right. Like, that's tough to – that's a lot of – Drain on a staff. Oh man, I, 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 uh, Philly's gonna be in a world of hurt. Although, I do, I think, I think what owners are looking at, I think owners are liking the young, um, energetic approach of Sirianni, and they want to get guys that are gonna maybe take that style, which I'm not mad at at all. I think that's fairly intelligent. Um, so we'll see how that translates, you know, we'll see how that translates. Not everybody can replicate a Nick Sirianni. I think he's a pretty special dude, but never know. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't know. So how long has Belichick been coaching? I don't know. A long time. Long time. Andy Reid, long time. Something to go with the long-time coach. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. eight Super Bowls over the last 20, let's just say since 2023, or 20, 2000, right? That's eight. Yeah. You know, eight Super Bowl wins. You know, there's something to be said about that experience. Like, you can't make that up.
0: <laughs> you know not at all and i think too where these guys deserve the most credit is usually when you're talking about earth when you have a picture in your mind or what you have observed as an an older coach is usually stuck in their ways i think of uh i think of a bit of a mark mike mccarthy and or uh the vikings ex-head coach um zimmer these guys are old, but they're not real malleable. It seems like they don't have a lot of adjustments. They know enough. They know a lot. They're smart, but they don't have the ability to really, you know, uh, change and adjust where, you know, Reed and Belichick are older, but they're ready to adjust and change at any given moment, you know. So I think that's where... Yeah. Got to give those guys, um, you know, a huge credit. I think, yeah, I think Bill yeah. Belichick is well, the best coach of all time ever. Personally, but.
1: I think there's a. I'm just plugging that you don't always have to go young. Like I'd like to see Rich Bisacci get get a head head coaching job. You know.
0: Yeah, he's, he's like an
1: interesting character. Yes, like. he is. He is. He is. So everybody's going young, but right. I mean, Harbaugh is in there, too. Uh, John in Baltimore, so he's one two. He's been there forever. Yeah, he's yeah. a great coach, yeah. Seems like it, at least. Yeah. Tomlin has two rings. I mean, how many? Oh, Tomlin's an <laughs> so amazing coach, yeah. So uh, those four coaches have 14 rings or 12 rings sorry mm-hmm. you know so
0: yeah like um i've heard a lot of interviews over the years in regard to those great coaches and the common denominator common themology is they're able to build relationship and they take the time and put the work in building relationship with their players and then they are able to hold them higher. A really high accountability level. It's the same actually approach that I used to have with working with juvenile delinquents is you establish a certain level of rapport and a certain level of trust, and then you hold them to a high accountability level, and then they can handle it at that point. You know, it's very it's it's a simple concept. But it's just really hard to execute. Yeah, but which I love. Super fun watching the fails in that as well where Belichick's disciples, they try to um, go somewhere else and do the same thing Belichick does without establishing that, like, the hard work of building relationship with players. And then they're they're just jerks, you know, like hard-nosed, thinking that's going to, without the relationship, they just fall, like Matt Patricia, hilarious, Daniel, dumb. So funny to watch. Like, dude, you can't just be, like, you're missing a huge element here, dummies. Yeah, like can't just be a hard ass without having a relationship behind it. But that's I love. That's why I love watching sport to watch who can make adjustments, who can be humble enough to to learn. It's fun, man. Super fun. It mimics it mimics real life, you know, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Wow! Well, there you go. We're going to talk about how techniques of engagement, like making a plan for engaging. I think making a plan for engaging. Because last week we, contextually, we were talking about um some some sometimes you have to be purposeful about engaging. I think. I forget yeah, exactly. So,
1: like if you're fighting, like.
0: You're in the ring already, so being present,
1: uh-huh. you know, like, how to do that practically. Like, I think one thing you said was, get off your damn phone,
0: right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, um, it's hard to do sometimes, especially when you're stressed in life and you're trying to distract yourself from other things. Be, being on your phone is an insulation it is comforting and yeah. a, a release, right? So how do you just say, like, put the damn phone down, I guess, right? How do you do that? It's challenging. Yeah.
1: So that's part of it. I'm not really good at that. I'm, I need to start working on that a little more. Mm-hmm. But being present, practicing, being present,
0: you know. Right. Part of it is sacrifice, right? So I want to sacrifice this time. And, you know, when I come home from work, believe me, I don't, I'm not interested in sitting down and asking how my kid's day was necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. I know a lot, a lot of it is repetitive. Um, I certainly care, but I don't really care in that particular moment. Um, but I know if I don't take that moment, it, the moment was going to be gone probably, or yeah. I don't really care to sit and watch something that my wife is watching that makes me, it actually makes me irritated watching <laughs> the, the fake drama that's going on there and that and the TV. But I do it anyway, for a little bit, at least just to try to connect, you know? Sacrifice myself for an ability to connect and continue to build the relationship. You know? Yeah. So some of it was just like self-sacrifice. So you kind of have to give up some of your own things, right? Yeah. It's really not that much, though. It's just it's hard to do in the moment, you know. I kind of just assume that I'm going to give up, you know, like an hour a day essentially. Yeah. Besides, I guess, working. <laughs> That's not my time either, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's worth that. That self sacrifice is worth the investment, though. And it, it, it is an investment. Um, yeah. Into good relationships, that 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 sacrifice of time that you're given on the front end does come back in good things, times two or three or more on the other side. You know, so if you can see that or start to see that, that helps. Yeah.
1: Just just thinking. Uh, I try to do it. I'm not very good at it. I think there's, and this is, I have a lot of good intentions, (laughs) but I don't always have the best action plans to be honest. Okay. Um, so like I do stuff like, and I just do it, but then like we've talked about this before, like a little bit like wanting to be intentional with initiating like my sons, you know, (laughs) And working through stuff and helping them grow, and i got this idea, you know, but actual practical implement implementing things and like working things out. Like right now, it's an idea. I haven't. I'm not always very good at
0: taking this idea and making it. So, do you have a specific idea or is this ideas in general that you sometimes aren't able to execute?
1: Like the idea in general, like, I mean, we talked quite extensively about rights of passage just oh, sure. months ago, you know, and yep. like, that's something like it'd be fun to develop.
0: Oh, sure. For my kids, like, something, you know? Yeah, well, uh, I think you're stuck in a spot that's really common and you know your vulnerability there i think is going to be helpful to people because i think it's really common to be in that spot really i think the best the best approach is like in sports your best ability is availability you know if you're around like you were a professional athlete you have inborn like, um, inherent traits in you of self-discipline and, um, this, that, and the other, if you're around, those things are going to permeate to your children. You know, if you're spending time just hanging out without a real grand plan of, you know, so really like you've said it before and you, it's hard to, we, we, we pro we probably make it it's probably understated but the best best ava- best ability is availability just being there, being present. Like sometimes um I've learned that even just sitting next to my kid, sometimes he's maybe on his phone or whatever. It doesn't seem like all that productive, but then we can still interact here and there and here and there. And all of a sudden, bam, then it was productive. And almost, you know, at the first, I wanted me to make, you know, this is dumb. This is, you know, completely a waste of time. But really, it wasn't. But you should kind of keep giving it chances and, um, I guess be creative with it if you can. I don't know. Because sometimes you do got to be an asshole and say, we're having mandatory, you know, <laughs> family fun time.
1: Yeah, they get it. They already get that. There's tears. It's tough to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> get over
0: it. I don't care if you're eight. <laughs> uh, but I think one of the things we were going to touch on is being intentional, right? Yeah. If you can build a habit, you know, a healthy habit of intention. And I guess guess when I say that, what does that mean? Thanks, genius. What does it mean to be intentional? Like you're on purpose. To be intentional, I think, is on purpose. When I get home, I'm I'm purposely going to go in my kid's room. He's got a brand new computer set up. It's pretty sick. I'm going to go in there. Make them talk to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's intentional. Or I'm going to, you know, my wife has a one-word answer to everything. I'm going to sit down and, like, ask her about her day or whatever and see if she's she's too tired to talk, fine. But if it's just, like, she's distracted at the moment, I'm not going to let that, you know. Um, dictate what I do necessarily you know Um, so that's I guess I guess being intentional about engaging and I guess that's where some of the um, when you talk about getting blamed for being a toxic male sometimes you're not quite as um, forceful with some things because you don't want to be seen as an asshole or you don't want to be seen as a jerk. You know, you're trying to like counterbalance that accusation of you being um, a bit too forceful with things. But sometimes things do need to be. Um, being too taking control. over here. <sighs> taking control of what's that? Being too masculine over here. Yeah. It's too masculine. Well, it's so funny because I was up at my kid's ski race, and I'm in this coffee shop, and every dude I hear talk is speaking in a certain way that's very feminine. It's like, what is this cultural phenomenon? You know, like you are intentionally speaking in a fem. I mean, I know it's like a, a metrosexual technique, and I, I know that's actually probably the majority of America now. Not, I'm, I'm in the minority, but that's still like, what, 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 what do we? You can still be kind and sensitive and um engaging without talking like you are like this you know and how people like talk you know it's so funny um i don't know i don't know i don't know (laughs) i don't know
1: (laughs) i wish i was there to hear it to be
0: honest oh it's it's a lot of places um it's a trendy um thing. Just to make sure you don't uh let the toxicity out, you know. Um I know I'm based on the toxicity scale. So Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Uh so I guess um, you know, if anybody's for the people that, um, are trying to get something out of this, you know, see where you can be, um, intentional, the execution of being intentionally engaging and is, is not easy, <laughs> but to start, you know, recognizing where you can, that's a start, you know? Yeah. And, you know, as a man, just don't sit, sit there let life take over, you know, sometimes you just gotta like, slow it down. Cause yeah, being, being relational is the biggest thing, you know, you can do as a man or woman for your spouse, um, or your children. So. Sounds good. Sounds easy, right? Got it. <laughs> Sounds good. What 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 are we uh what are we talking about next week? Any ideas?
1: Um, it's kind of like in these fight analogies. Hmm. Me too. Ah. Uh, uh, what do you think about? And I was was thinking about one, and I'm sure this will. Ooh, there's a couple. One would be range, and another one be leverage.
0: Ooh, okay. In what regard? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, just, what I'm I'm talking like about. just thinking about fighting right now. I'm like, okay,
1: well, how is this translating? So, like, range, like, you have to know your range, right? And where you can strike
0: and where you can't strike, the distance in which you can close. Like, if I have short little T-Rex arms, I shouldn't be taking big swings and exposing myself?
1: Well, that just means you have to get a lot
0: closer to hit me. Okay. (laughs) So, your little T-Rex
1: arms against my massive eagle wingspan, like, makes it hard for you. You did that. You did have a big fighting wingspan too, didn't you? Yeah. And what
0: threw people off is I always, I always fought really low. Oh, so they didn't. You couldn't like just tell that you're going to have that reach then.
1: No. And so, but it, but in that, it helps me gain leverage. Okay. So, like, and so range leverage. It's knowing yourself, creating leverage, and putting yourself in the right position.
0: Those are good okay. Yeah. Well uh I guess I'm not entirely understanding what range would be, but like that sounds awesome. Let's explore it and try to you, you can you can we can kind of explore that and learn uh myself and the listener gonna learn at the same time. That sound cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well I think about it as like you have to know yourself. Okay. And your gifts. Like what am I good at? What am I good at? Okay. Like, cause if you don't know those things and well, how are you going <laughs> to, you know, Okay. Get, if you don't have any like go to foundational skills that you've got, uh-huh. you've got to know them. You have to know yourself and you have to know the range and what you can use them at. Okay. So maybe those are two or three different things, but
0: I see. Interesting.
1: If nothing else we'll learn about fighting
0: that <laughs> show so. Uh, so is awesome alright man I appreciate uh, hanging out with the men in the ring man yeah good times alright All right. like subscribe join share right yeah definitely alright brother we'll talk to you next week alright see ya
1: have a good one yeah you too